What's up, everybody? My name is Jake, and we are so glad you're listening to the Overflow Unplugged podcast. The goal of the podcast is to have helpful conversations around the real questions 18 to 25-year-olds are asking. We hope that this podcast helps encourage, challenge, and equip you to thrive as you navigate your young adult life. Today on the podcast, Carson, Jenna, AC, and I will be recapping our series called Dating Why Bother and diving into what God has to say about singleness, dating, sexuality, and sex. Let's jump into today's episode. Yeah, conversation is about dating, marriage, sex, sexuality. What a good conversation. I'm excited. Man, all the things. All the things. (laughs) All the things. Man, I really wanted to open the conversation up with something a little personal, man. Something a little personal. Just dive right in. Yeah, dive right in. Uh, Man, dating as a a youngster can be really weird. A youngster. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, meaning like middle school, you know, it's like, sure, sure. it's a, no, I know the meaning. Okay. okay. It's always a little bit weird. And so we always kind of do something to try to impress, you know, the person or the yeah. crush that we have mm. as a youngster. Uh, and so I would love to hear some of the things that, uh, you guys did to try to impress your crushes back in the day, you know? And maybe you still do them today. I don't, I don't know. Please don't make eye contact when you say that. <laughs> 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 it was a slant to, you know, Who so. wants to go first? Um, mine, I don't really have too much of a story because I have, I had zero to little, you know, boldness in, in me as a youngster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do have one distinct memory that um, in middle school, my crush's binder like opened and fell over the floor. And I watched, I watched as he was trying to clean it up. And <laughs> I was like, I'm going to make a move. And I like walked over to him at the end of him cleaning it all up. And I was like, do you need any help? And he was like, um, no. And I left that, I left that science classroom. Oh, so excited that I had talked to him. That, that what is you exce- did or I like did I was like crushed. do you need any help that 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 is me flirting wow wow yeah that's good Jenna wow yeah and I thought back on it <laughs> later in life and I was like I wish that I would have just just not you know what I'm saying yeah yeah it was the confidence boost you needed you in the yeah. moment though yeah but it was like false confidence you know like I kind of wish that it never happened uh, Anna Claire, yeah, I'm excited um, for this. Palms are swelling a little. Um, uh, when I was in, it was probably like middle school, like eighth grade. You know, old enough where it should have been embarrassing. Um, I, I was a really sporty person. I thought I was pretty cool. I was good at sports. That was just like what I did. Um, I was not really girly. Like I was just a sports girl. I know. Lots changed. It's mm-hmm. a lot's changed. Um, but I was I played soccer at the time and a guy that I liked had a soccer game and I was like, I'm gonna go and support, you know. Good good friend, you know? Friend, anyways. Um, so went to the soccer game. <laughs> the soccer it was over. It had been raining and you know, the the field's wet. It's like a nice grassy. Please don't blame it on that. Yeah, it it was it was the rain. Um, it was nice and wet and grassy, and the game was over. And his entire team was sitting over on the sidelines. I'm so and, stressed. Oh, oh, I can I can visually see it happening right now. Oh. I can still see their faces laughing at me. Um, but his whole team was over there, and I was like, "This is it! Like, I can get him and his mm. friends." Like, <laughs> it it I was ready. So his brother was over on the sideline, and he had like his foot on the ball, and like it was just. Don't, don't, don't give me that face. Uh, the ball was there. 
his brother had it under his foot and I was like, I'm gonna go steal it from him. Oh, like no. that would be the coolest thing right now. It would win everyone over if I stole this ball from him. Ooh. So I run up, go to kick that ball right from <laughs> under his feet. And um, next thing you know it, I'm on the ground. And no. uh, I was in like very light jeans and I was just covered in mud. Just cup like I had the ball was still there under his foot when I was on Praise the ground. Praise the Lord that his yeah. whole team was watching that. Yeah. Too. And so his whole team turns around and they just start laughing because I'm on the floor covered in mud. And no. um it was one of the most embarrassing moments sure. of my life. Sure. Um my whole family was there, his family awesome. was there. That's it awesome. was just yeah. and no one helped me up, which was the best part. I so. would have. I just had I to walk up and the rest of the day I was covered in mud. So. Man, a full Charlie Brown moment. Oh, it was bad. It, it was bad. I love anyway. that story so wow, never again. Thank you so for bringing me into that. I love that story. Was I think about your, it often. Let's was, get a soccer ball for the office. Yeah, d never got the guy. Never yeah, was he your nope. crush after that? You pretty much just gave up at that point. <laughs> I was like, there's uh, no one back. I mean, I, I think that was a wise no call. Yeah, honestly. Back, but wow. anyways. Never went back to the soccer. Yeah, so now I'm engaged soccer. to someone that doesn't do sports because <laughs> so there's not. I've got trauma from sports. <laughs> I can't, can't go back. Uh, All right, Speed Racer, go ahead. That's uh, you. Oh, what did you say? Just your turn. Okay. Um, <laughs> she called yeah. you Speed Racer. Okay. Because of your story. <laughs> yeah, so this is good. Um, yeah. So back in the day, um, we we all went to like the skate ring. That's like what we did. I think so it was like cool. on a Friday, Saturday. I know, but that it was still around. Um, cool and things. like our all like the county, like the entire county would go. So like the all, all of our middle school from all over the county would come and we would meet at the skate ring and we would <laughs> skate. But the thing was, is that uh, the guys had like a very specific role. There was like style in skating. So you had to learn how to like cross step and shoot the duck and all these things. So like, there were games <laughs> in between um, like the normal skating that you had to learn how to do. One of the specific skills of skating that you had to learn uh, was for the couple skate. Mm. And the lights would go down low and, uh, and mm. you know, a special <laughs> country song would play would or be. something. And, oh, gosh. Uh, you had to have a glow-in-the-dark kind of, like, wristband or something. Mm. Uh, but guys had a very that specific... That way you could find their hand to hold yeah. it, right? Yes, exactly. Mm. Wow. Uh, and guys had a very specific role in this. They had to learn how to skate backwards. Mm. And so I spent a lot of time learning how to skate backwards uh, so I could hold other, my crush's hands while she skated forwards and pushed me around the circle. So anyways, did I that go well? Um, it went well. Yeah, it went well. It was definitely a grind though. So did you ever fall? Yeah, definitely fell. Definitely fell multiple times. See there, Anna uh, Claire? Everybody falls. It's yeah, everybody falls. <laughs> um, makes me feel so much better. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of my, that, that's <sighs> what every, all the guys did. So you would see them during the day trying to learn how to skate <laughs> They were in preparation. Yeah, we were a date tonight. We were all prepping. I have yeah, a question. We were all prepping. Did yeah. any of you and your guy friends practice the couple skate together? together? And, He's drinking and, his coffee. And were you in the female Stop. role or were you... <laughs> <laughs> what was your role traditionally for the Jake practice? Jake was the pusher. You got to get practice. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somehow. Wow. Anyways. That's good. Carbage uh, where do I begin? Uh, <laughs> I was so bad at this in middle school because I took everybody's dating advice. Mm -hmm. That was just garbage. Slow hanging fruit. You're like, uh, absolutely. There's so many stories I could tell. Uh, the one that comes to my mind in this moment is I had 
a super big crush on this girl and I grew up in a very small school and I'm not saying names because Wilmington's still a small town. Uh, but I remember like talking to my friends, I'm like, man, like I, I think she's really cute and I've heard really great things about who she is. Like, I think I, I think I want to like, reach out, you know, extend the invitation to a conversation. And they're like, oh, all you need to do is just write her a note. It's like a George Strait, you know, check yes or no song that she heard, oh, you know, wow. growing up. Yeah, kind of deal, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so I was like, that's easy enough. Like, that means I don't have to talk to her in person to, if she lets me down, I can just deal with it on my own. You know what I mean? Uh, well, what I was, I didn't see coming was I, I wrote the note, uh, I gave it to my friend. He gave it to her because I was, I wasn't courageous enough to just give it to her mm-hmm. or Ooh. even just slide it in her locker. You know, could have done that. But I went to lunch that day. And then saw the note being passed around the oh, lunchroom oh. Uh, and everyone laughing as they began to read it. And uh, it wrecked me. It wrecked me. But oh, hey, yeah. I am here. I am that, married. Man. Been married for six years in July. I have a beautiful daughter. Yeah. So take that. <laughs> take that. How about that? Take I'll that. shred your note anyway. So. <laughs> Glad you said no and laughed. You know? Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, but it's so funny because. That sounds ridiculous, like when you think about the advice that you take in middle school or the things that you do in middle school. But honestly, like it's not that different when you become an adult and you start dating. You yeah. use a lot of the same practices. You you use a lot of the same kind of ideology when it comes to how do I get somebody to like me or how do I get somebody to pay attention to me? Mm-hmm. And that's why I think the conversation around dating matters so much because uh, if we're really being honest, a lot of the content that we have like learned from when it comes to how do we date well or how do we be married well comes from these like really immature ideas that were born, you know, on the soccer field (laughs) or that day when you were, you know, backwards skating. And it's like this idea of, I have to just impress. Mm -hmm. And that is actually found nowhere in God's instruction for marriage. Like if it's a, if it's an, if it's a competition to, you know, be the one that is most impressive, then your priorities are backwards. And our culture would feed the narrative that, you know, the most attractive people or the most outgoing or the most kind of social or popular people find the best people. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I, what I found is like when those things are the priority, you actually find the most shallow version of relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's actually in the relationships where there is the least that there is the most depth. And I think that directly connects to, you know, Matthew chapter five, where Jesus is like, blessed are the, those who are poor in spirit. Like this idea that deficiency can really lean, lead us to be like really attuned to what matters yeah. most. So I just encourage you, no matter where you are in the dating conversation and the sexuality conversation, if you're the person who's like, I just want to be married mm-hmm. and there's no one on the horizon. I don't know if I'll ever be married. Hang in there, mm-hmm. make God your priority mm-hmm. and trust that he's going to provide. And I think that, you know, we'll talk about that more throughout the conversation, but yeah, I'm yeah. so excited about this. Yeah, that's good. Um, so with the Dating Why Bother um, series, we opened up the, um, the the series with like a beautiful letter that Carson uh, wrote to our church. And um, I thought it was incredible, um, just the, the work that you kind of um, put into it and some of the language that you, um, you focused on. Um, 
Is it good? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and then the, the kind of posture that I was thinking about was it was such a gentle and lowly kind of posture mm-hmm. um, in the way that we presented some of the convictions of the church, uh, but still I like, cared for people really well. Mm-hmm. And so Carson, could you give us like a, um, a little bit of a snippet of what that um, conversation or that paragraph was, I guess a couple pages, <laughs> uh, was, the paragraph, uh, and yeah. what was kind of the preparation for that? Why did you feel the need to mm-hmm. kind of have that conversation um, first, before we dug into the the topics of um, singleness, dating, sexuality, yeah. and sex. Well, the Monday night before that <laughs> night, uh, on Tuesday, I felt uh, just really strongly that there are so many things that the church has been afraid to talk about. Uh, not our church, but like the global mm-hmm. church, where it's like, if, if you talk about that, I've heard people refer to it like a lightning rod. Like, oh, the preachers or the teachers or the pastors that talk about fill in the blank, whether it's sexuality, marriage, gender, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, they're going to get struck or they're going to get canceled. Uh, And the more I like started to process that, I I came to the realization that our, you know, we as overflow must talk about it for a couple of reasons. One, we say consistently around overflow that we're family and family talks about everything, right? Uh, And it's messy and there's disagreement and there's difficulty around the dining room table in a lot of people's homes. But I would say, again, those are the more healthy families where like disagreement is actually acknowledged, not ignored. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I thought about like, what does it look like for us to be a formative community that helps each other truly grow closer and closer to living out the image of Christ in the world? And it was like, okay, we've got to address a couple of things. Um, One, we need to talk about uh, how the church has treated people that have traditionally disagreed with the church's convictions Mm -hmm. around sexuality and marriage. And I think that when it comes to especially thinking about the LGBTQIA plus community, that community specifically has been a little bit targeted by the global church seemingly single-handedly, meaning the church has kind of made them the target uh, or that specific topic, the, to- the, the targets. For example, churches are more willing to talk about homosexuality than they are sex before marriage because yeah. it just kind of is yeah. the hot you know, button topic of That's the day. And I just don't think that it's fair to treat things unequally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also don't think that it's fair to just act like some of these conversations are not happening in our world. Yeah. So that kind of led me to go, okay, what, what does it look like for us as a church uh, to apologize on behalf of the church for how people have been treated in the church. Uh, even though we may not have treated people that way, which I don't think that we have as a church because our church has been so diligent from the very beginning at reaching and helping. Uh, but I do think that people come in with kind of baggage from the way that churches have treated them in the past. But then also to kind of move from that place and say, like, this is what we believe. Yeah. Uh, and it's not our belief because we went into a closet somewhere and, you know, came up with convictions and wrote them on a whiteboard and said, this is you know what we believe and this is what we're going to stand on. But it's because we opened our Bible, we read it, we've prayed through it, we've discerned, and we've kind of come to this conclusion that we're, we believe and we trust uh, and God's design and intention and how beautiful and wonderful it is for our world. And I wanted to share that. And it's so interesting to me. I've had so many great conversations on the heels of that night. And people who disagree with a lot of the things that I said, we had productive, good, yeah. healthy conversations mm-hmm. about the fact that our church believes marriage is between a man and a woman. People who disagree with that were willing to engage with me in that yeah. and talk about that. And that's what I love. 
Because it's bringing the conversation out of the darkness into the light and allowing God to do something that only God can do. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what you were kind of looking for is yeah. like why, why we wrote the letter uh, and why the letter will continue to be available to people who interact with Overflow uh, very clearly and very honestly, because mm-hmm. we want the clarity to not just be about one message, one night in the spring of 2023. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we want the clarity to be a part of our ministry because we trust people. Yeah, I love that. And searching for uh, some sort of unity in the midst of disagreement. Uh, it's something that we've talked about uh, yeah. in our church and in other contexts, but I think in this context, it's similar as well. Uh, and I think we would all say probably in our relationships with people that we experience tension or disagreement in, uh, Jesus calls us to unity. Uh, and when we experience or pursue unity in that, the love that we have for people, uh, I think just opens up. Like I, when I think about people that I disagree with strongly about specific things, when I pursue and, and I don't allow that, um, that distance to continue to create like isolation or other tension that re- yeah. like kind of happens when I'm saying, Oh, this person disagrees with me. So I'm going to take a step back. Uh, what typically happens and I've noticed in my life is like when I take step back where there's already tension, it is only going to create more tension. Mm. Um, and so if we pursue kind of unity in the midst of that and agreeing to disagree in areas, my love for that person specifically grows deeply and my love for other people that think differently than me grows so much deeper as well that I'm like more willing to interact with people that disagree with me, that act differently than me, that think about things differently than me. And I can still hold my own convictions uh, and my own beliefs and still love that person really well. And uh, sometimes I find it really interesting that uh, the people that we're on the same side with get more frustrated with us about the conversation than the people that disagree with us that are like, man, like I'm so glad that we can disagree and search for unity. And it's like that conversation is beautiful. And then the person that we actually agree with is frustrated about the conversation that we had. It's like, what in the world? Like, um, and so I don't know. I think when we like pursue unity and the thing that we say around our church often is like, um, it, is we're going to stand with people, we'll walk with people and not stand on issues or yeah. problems. Um, I love that like philosophy. Yeah. So, but I think when people hear that statement and I've, I've had some really great conversations, you know, with people who they hear that statement and they don't love it because they they think that that means, or they interpret it, you know, at the beginning to mean that we're not going to talk about issues. Like we're not going to, yeah, we're not going to talk about problems mm-hmm. or kind of areas of disagreement in the mm-hmm. church. And yeah. that's actually not what the statement means. The, yeah. the statement means um, when we navigate these things, yeah. we're not just going to stand on a platform and rail from a high place. Mm-hmm. We're going to get down in it with people yeah. and we're going to walk with them. And we're mm-hmm. going to, we're going to pull apart the places that we disagree. Uh, and we're going to, we're going to mine for truth. I had a conversation with somebody this morning and we were talking about, a dynamic in their life. And they said, what, what's your advice? And I said, you've got to mine for clarity. Mm-hmm. And I think the word mine fits so, you know, perfectly there to like this picture of like, you're digging down one layer at a time and you're pursuing depth. And it's actually like the thing that you're looking for is a mile beneath the surface of the earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's, therefore you have this huge mind. Like that's what getting clarity looks like. And that's yeah. what pursuing unity looks like. Yeah. And what, you know, what a unique thing that is available to the church yeah. to say, like, though we disagree, we're pursuing Jesus together. Yeah. And 
I think that when it comes to the teaching of the Bible, like we, we see like God is constantly trying to form something, mm-hmm. but the only way that it ever ends up getting formed in somebody who like does it successfully yeah. is they remain committed to God. Mm-hmm. They stay in it. And our culture's tendency is to disconnect and to disengage yep. at the first kind of glimmer of disagreement or tension. Yeah. And we've got to, we've got to do better at that as a generation. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Um, yeah. And so I, I, uh, I think that's kind of the posture. Uh, that's the reason why I wanted to start the conversation today uh, with that, because that's the posture as we begin to walk in, we're not, uh, we're not perfect, but we have some experience, uh, and what we uh, believe that God is leading us into. And we've yeah. seen in our conversations with our friends around, uh, singleness, dating, sexuality, uh, and sex. And so, uh, the first part we really want to enter in, uh, with singleness. And so, uh, I know that, uh, there are a lot of our people and a lot of our students and the people that we have conversations with. And obviously at one point we were all single. And so I would love for us to open up the conversation about, uh, what steps should we, our people as a whole should be taking, uh, in pursuit of singleness. What does singleness look like? And what even is the point of singleness? Cause I think like after a while, single for at first singleness is like, Oh, this is good. Like I get to spend time with God. My t- attention is undivided. Uh, and then eventually like this sucks. Like, look, mm-hmm. I, I want to start dating. Uh, all my friends are dating and then it becomes like a comparison battle. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, what are some steps that we should be pursuing in singleness? What's the point? Yeah, I think that singleness, uh, a lot of time people think that it's, uh, or people misunderstand it's the gift that nobody wants, really. Um, Most people, when you're um, talking to them about their singleness, you're like, well, yeah, I'm single, I guess, for now. Yeah, it's like Um, almost embarrassing. Like, yeah, like people don't want to talk about it. Sure. Um, And it's like uh, people are, not content with the fact mm-hmm. <laughs> that they're single. Uh, and I think a lot of, a lot of that has to do with the culture. A lot of it has to do even with Christian culture and the pressure to, you know, f- find your husband, find your wife. Yeah. Um, which, uh, I don't think is, is helpful, but, uh, the, the idea of singleness, the connotation of singleness can oftentimes be pretty negative. Um, but I, I think singleness is, uh, a, a beautiful gift that the Lord has given us. Um, and I think it's not a coincidence, uh, when Paul talks about, uh, <laughs> pursuing singleness, if you can, if you can, if you can stay single, your life in your life, stay single in your life, because, um, what, what that is, it's availing an, an entire lifetime, um, simply for communion with you and the Lord. Uh, is that easy? No. Um, but, um, dating and marriage and, um, living a life where you uh, become one with another person, you are no longer just responsible for your spiritual um, health. You're, you're also like very intimately, deeply connected um, on, on a covenant level with another person. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more responsibility that comes with marriage and a lot more responsibility that comes with dating. Um, singleness and seasons of singleness um, are, are times where you get to focus on on you and Jesus, you get to focus on your spiritual formation and, and, and growing into the image, uh, of Jesus. And, and will that stop when you date? Will that stop when you get married? No. Um, but I, I think they're very sanctifying seasons. They're very, um, focused seasons. If, if we take them as gifts, if we yeah. don't view them as places that we're just trying to get out of, um, we won't miss the steps that the Lord's asking for us to take in those, those seasons, um, to shape us and form us. And so, um, I think singleness is, uh, 
it's given a bad rap, uh, especially in Christian culture. Um, but something to, to remember is you, you are only going to be as formed in, as, as you enter in your dating relationship, as you spend the time taking in your singleness season. Um, like when you start dating somebody, you're not automatically going to be like, Oh, this is, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm walking with this person now. So I'm going to be uh, shaped and formed quicker because I'm doing life more intimately with somebody. Oftentimes our, our spiritual formation is even more challenged when we're dating or even yeah. more challenged when we're, um, in a, a romantic mm-hmm. or an intimate relationship with somebody. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think singleness is, is a beautiful gift and often, uh, kind of hated on, <laughs> especially. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those situations where it's like the grass is greener on the other sure. side. Yeah. I remember being single and, I mean, now being engaged, like I can look back and like I was in like such a striving, like mm, I was like, okay, yeah. if I can just get that guy, like sure. that yeah. is going to like, and that's what you're looking me. for. Yeah. yeah. And I, it was like a constant everyday search of like, this is what's going to take over my brain. I'm going to yes. get up and I'm going to look for that, for that person to yeah. just make everything better. And then once I get there, I'm going to be good. But yeah. I feel like as going through that and like being on the other side of it, of the fence per se, mm-hmm. um, I feel like you can strive in whatever season that you're in and it's easy to not be content. Um, because when I was single, I was striving for the next relationship. When I was in my dating relationship, I was striving to be engaged. And now that I'm engaged, I'm like, all right, I'm ready to be married. But like learning to be just present and like just Mm. very content, um, in the season that, and I know that people hate the word season. They're like, the season that you're in, (laughs) but it is so true of like the Lord really has you there. And especially when you're single, like that is just such a time to grow as just a person, um, and in your relationship with the Lord. Mm. And like the truth is once you start dating someone, you're putting two broken people together right. and you're like, hey, now you have to grow in your Figure relationship with the Lord yeah. Yeah, yeah. while also growing mm-hmm. in this relationship with this other person. Mm-hmm. And it gets a little bit harder. Not that singleness yeah. isn't hard, but it's not a once I get there, I'll be good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that, that that time is just so great. Um, yeah. And the striving like just has to stop because like the Lord is going to, he has someone that's ready. And like, if you're just constantly searching, um, you're going to try and shortcut like what the Lord Mm -hmm. has for you. Um, and trust me, he knows a little bit better than us. Right. And you're going to step, step, you're going to skip the steps that he's asking you to take. Uh, if he's calling you into a relationship, if, if all you're doing is focusing on that relationship, you're not going to be the person that is formed into the image of who's ready for that relationship. And so you're going to, you're going to, come up short Mm -hmm. (laughs) to what the Lord's asking you to be, who the Lord's asking you to be, to step into that season. And that's why whether you're single or dating or married or or anything, we have to like keep our eyes set on Jesus because we're, we're being formed every single day. And if we're, if we're setting our eyes on anything other than him, we will end up insufficient in, in our formation for whatever he has next for us. Yeah. Your foundation is extremely crucial in the singleness season. Um, I think that you are learning like how to receive love from Mm -hmm. something, uh, that is much bigger than yourself and much bigger than what your future partner will be able to offer you. You're receiving the love that is sufficient. You're, you're learning how to receive a communion with God uh, and learn that that is sufficient enough. And so, uh, then what happens is when you begin to move into a dating relationship and, uh, hopefully, uh, eventually into like a marriage, if that's the direction that the Lord's calling you into is that you have learned uh, the basic foundations of receiving God's love. And then your goal, uh, is not to receive your the love from your partner and it becomes draining it becomes 
how can I best serve and love my partner uh, and and present her or him back to the Lord as like, that I look at how I've served and cared for this person that you've given me and you've blessed me with. Um, and it comes about service and yeah. less about, man, I need this love. I need this approval. I need this, um, that whatever this person has to offer for me. It, it's like, how can I learn how to be loved by God today and receive his love and the things that he's calling me into uh, today in my singleness? So whenever I get into a, a, a dating relationship, um, that I can love and care for that person really well. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of us uh, have like some experience in singleness. And so uh, is there like any fruit that you guys have seen in your seasons of uh, of singleness, just so we can kind of talk about like, yes, I have seen this, this, and this kind of happen in my own singleness. And it was super fruitful. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, um, when I look back on my periods of um, growth with the Lord, mm-hmm. um, I mean, obviously I'm always growing with the Lord, but there are some, some, I'm trying not to say seasons. There are some <laughs> <laughs> moments in my life that I've seen very, very rapid um, and miraculous growth. Uh, and all of those have been in, in seasons of singleness when I'm not yeah. pursuing anybody else, um, and, and have only my attention focused towards the Lord. Um, I've seen s- just an abundance of growth, um, and, and understanding and an outpouring of the spirit in all aspects of my life. Um, and so I, I have seen like the, the woman that God is like forming me into, um, when my when my focus is undivided and mm-hmm. is attentive to him and to his call and his will and his way, and I'm not um, dividing my mind between multiple um, multiple things or people, um, that's when I've seen the most rapid and, and yeah. miraculous growth in my life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's been a minute. Uh, <laughs> I've been with Maddie for ten years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like in Let's a relationship go. with her for Come ten years. On. I've been married for six. I guess we're actually. Maybe it's eleven. I don't. Wow. Married for six. I don't. I don't. Five. Well, we're we're we'll have been married for six years in June, July. Ooh, let's We've already go. been married for five. Yeah, uh, but I do remember Sheesh. that kind of stage right before I started dating Maddie, and I was honestly kind of like what I would say I was in the chase, you know, like mm-hmm. trying to to like begin dating Maddie. Those kind of like final months before I started dating her, I remember realizing a couple of things. One, I saw how insecure I truly was because I was pursuing a relationship because I, I felt like something was missing. Mm-hmm. And I felt like God used that time to teach me, my grace is sufficient for you. And I think when we think about grace, it's often like limited to we sinned, God forgives us, and the way that he forgives us is extending grace. But grace is so much more than that. It's God's animating and empowering and satisfying presence in our life that enables us to participate in his kingdom, but also take hold of his life, to take hold of the fullness that he has like died to give us and to, to show us and to demonstrate to us. And I think that in those moments, like right before there, I remember that those kind of that, that crossroads of, am I going to enter into this relationship trying to find part of my identity or am I going to bring my God-given identity yeah. to the relationship that I'm pursuing? And I, I remember that. I also remembered that like, I, I was terrible at managing my time before I was in a relationship. Uh, when I was bored, I would just do whatever was right in front of me. You know, like I, I, there was no intentionality to how I spent my time. And then all of a sudden when I started dating, I'm like, oh wait, I've got to be like, 
I got to be more intentional. Like I got to get up early so I can go drop coffee off yeah. at her house along uh-huh. with some flowers to like to serve her and to make her day because she was in high school at the time. We were high school. You know, we started dating in high school, obviously, and she was like taking a bunch of AP classes. And it was like that was a way that I could serve her in that time mm-hmm. was I can get up early and I can go, you know, bring you coffee. And I just remember thinking like, I am terrible at managing my time. Mm-hmm. I wish that I would have learned this a couple of years ago, uh, how to just be really intentional and not wasting time. Like yeah. uh, I hear people say all the time, like, I'm just so busy and they're either dating or they're single, uh, but they definitely are not married and they don't have kids. And I'm like, you have no <laughs> idea. Just wait. You are not busy. Like I love you and I hear you. And yes, you're busy for your season of life. I'll use the word. I'm not scared. Uh, but you you are not busy. Like, and and to be honest with you, I don't even know it's fair for me to say that I'm busy because I only have one kid. I look at families with four kids and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how you get out of the yeah. house. Like, I don't know how you go anywhere because it takes yeah. me 20 minutes just to get my one kid ready to leave the house. <laughs> so that would be the thing that I think I, I learned was yeah. like, I'm not great at boredom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. I've heard people say this before. It's like, well, I'm not going to learn how to do it well until like I'm in it. And I think that there's certain aspects of that sure. that is true. Like, yeah, you probably there are parts of a relationship that begin to expose uh, some of the dirt that, that's kind of uh, that we kind of have. And I've experienced that through my relationship with Kirby Ann that it it is refining in a lot of ways where uh, you get frustrated in little ways. and You're like, whoa, what's going on in my own heart? And so there are things that the Lord's going to use through dating relationships uh, and further in the future. Uh, but I think that you can begin to learn this through your roommates. I think you can begin to learn this through uh, your friendships that you currently have. Uh, And I think one of the things that we really don't focus on uh, currently and we we really struggle as a culture uh, is like our friendships and learning how to find intimacy in our friendships, but also having really appropriate boundaries in friendships and what that looks like. And so for you guys, what do you think like boundaries in a friendship kind of looks like? I have a lot of thoughts, but (laughs) I want to hear from y'all first. Um, uh, I think mm, boundaries is, is a really interesting conversation. One that I am, uh, I've learned a lot, especially working in ministry. Um, but, um, I think when we consider boundaries in all relationships, um, it's things that are going to guard and protect our heart, um, to keep them pure for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when we are dating, sometimes those seem a little more clear of like what our boundaries ought to be, especially physically, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure we'll talk to about in this podcast or if we have a part two. It's Um, looking like we're going to have a part two. We're going to have a part two. Uh, (laughs) But um, I think friendship boundaries nobody really thinks about um, because um, friendships are a little bit more gray uh, in, in terms of like, uh, we love our friends so much and we're called to like be community and, and, um, like give ourselves away as Jesus followers. So we're like, Oh, that, that means that I just like give everything. Um, and I exert myself to the point of exhaustion to, to be there for you, to, to protect you. But what I've found uh, as I've built, um, healthy boundaries in my life, and I still continue to discover healthy boundaries, uh, is that when I like over, um, uh, when I, uh, over give or I, I, um, kind of go into a, to a relationship or a friendship, um, giving too much of my emotional time or or my spiritual energy. Um, I'm taking the place of Jesus in, in that person's life. And then I'm also, uh, 
in my brain, I'm like acting like God. Um, so some things that I found in my friendships is like when my friends are struggling with things, I'll try to be their support and their strength and their comfort and their peace and their wisdom and all of those things. Um, and I'll think that I'm a bad friend if I'm not, but, but what I'm doing is I'm not like leaving space for God to be God. Um, and that's where I've like had to build some boundaries of like when I'm trying to be God for someone else, um, that's, that's not helpful for them. And it's also not helpful for me either. Um, because then I'm going to, I'm going to get tired easily. I'm going to grow weary and I'm going to grow resentful of them, um, because I'm not guarding my own heart and I'm also not guarding theirs. Um, so I think in friendships, uh, setting up boundaries that are going to be helpful are ones that's going to protect your heart, keeping it pure for the Lord. And then also like consider the heart's um, of your friends, not just for what you think that they need, but what they really need, uh, which is a room for God to come and move. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's, really, yeah, that's good. And Claire, do you have any thoughts? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think on top of like having boundaries, um, like remembering, um, even though we have boundaries, boundaries are good and they're helpful and they're healthy, um, to also just be in step and like in line with the Lord, because mm-hmm. if, you're looking at a boundary as like a line, like the Lord, if you're walking in step with him, he's going to be far from that boundary that like shouldn't be crossed. Um, and if we're like in tune with him and like walking with him, I think that he will kind of like lead us away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I remember when I had a bunch of boundaries, like on my relationship, um, friendship and, um, romantically, I guess you would say, <laughs> um, I was so focused on my boundaries and was like, okay, I can't go anywhere near there. Um, because I just like, don't want to cross the line. Um, but like, I just can see like when I was in a season of like really walking with the Lord, like I wasn't anywhere close to that boundary because like I could see the path that he clearly had for me and the ways that he wanted me to live. Um, and it wasn't anywhere near that boundary because I, was kind of like walking in his path. Um, it didn't make me want to stray, if that makes sense. I, I, I kind of like tried to focus less on just the actual boundary lines themselves um, yeah. and just focusing on mm. the way of the Lord. Um, and he kind of like led me away from yeah, that. Yeah, that's that makes so good. Sense. It's like allowing the Lord to to determine your own boundaries. And I think a lot of times like, uh, and I've done this before, and I think this is kind of what you were saying too, where it's like we create boundaries sometimes based off of like, oh, I think this would be good. This would be a good boundary. Uh, and then sometimes it's either too much or too little. And then you realize when you're walking in step with the spirit, uh, you're like, ah, I think I shut this person out because I was actually had some tension with them. And I was just trying to create some boundaries. <laughs> it's like, uh, maybe you actually were just uh, in a, you were frustrated with that person or had tension and disagreement and you decided to remove yourself from it, you know? And so it's like allowing the Lord to speak into your relationships and create boundaries based off of, uh, off of that. And also like seeking like wisdom and mentors and other people. So, yeah. yeah, I, I think boundaries are so interesting because when people hear that, where it's like, allow the, the Lord to determine them, it's like, Oh, well that makes it subjective. Cool. So whatever I can reconcile in my journal, yeah. Uh, is good enough, you know? Yep. And I think that we we can, to your point, Jenna, like we could, <laughs> we could start kind of viewing things where it's like, well, it's helpful to me mm-hmm. or it's enjoyable to me or I really like this person's attention and that makes me feel better about myself or about my current reality. So I'm just going to keep like steering into that. Mm-hmm. And we, we really like step out of being in step with God's spirit, like in that. And I think mm-hmm. that your connection to that, Anna Claire, is so brilliant. And I I often think about what David writes in Psalm 37, where it's like, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm -hmm. But people love the back end of that, that verse. 
He will give you the desires of your heart because we, we forget what is the prereq for that. Take yeah. delight in the Lord. Yeah. When you delight in the Lord and allow him to determine what makes your heart glad, what, where you get your joy, satisfaction, and strength from, then he will give you the desires of your heart mm-hmm. through his presence in his goodness. And I, I love that because it's so challenging to me. The thing that I would say a friendship boundary that I think is important uh, is we are really good at forming codependent relationships yeah. where when someone is good with us, we're good with ourselves. And if that's your reality, if you ha- if your friend has to be okay with you in order for you to be okay, you are in dangerous territory. Mm-hmm. That is not the reality of be- living fully satisfied by God. Like yep. you, you have got to allow God to be your source of satisfaction, not whether or not someone approves of you. And I think that that gets really gray when we've got really close best friends that know everything about us and we, we love them and we want to be approved by them. We've just got to be really, really careful who becomes God in those conversations. I think that you both kind of led us to that place. And I, I think that that is a challenging thing, especially in college, especially freshman year. You're like, I just need friends Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I can't do this thing alone. You just have to be careful. You have to pay really close attention to where your attention is going. Yeah. yeah. I think that goes into dating relationships too. Well, like the kidding. codependency of like, oh, but if I create this boundary, then they're going to get nervous and they might not like me anymore. Like, mm. what do I do then? But Well, I mean, that's where you get the pressure to have sex. Yep. Yeah. Because, you know, if you enter into a relationship and there's different, you know, views on, you know, sex before marriage or sexual activity or integrity, and one person says sex is totally cool, and one person says, let's not have sex till we're married. And now one person's feeling pressured to compromise, you know, on their belief. And then they end up having sex and they feel guilty about it. And then it changes the whole dynamic of the relationship. And now we're like in this like tug of war back and forth, back and forth. Like, are we on right standing? Is God yeah. okay with us? And then kind of the, the madness begins to really take over our mind. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's why Paul writes in one of the most famous passages read in, you know, nearly probably every wedding that is led by a pastor, like love is patient. That's how he starts that passage in first Corinthians. Like it's like love is patient, meaning it is willing to wait. Period. Right. There there is no addition to that. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the culture, it's like love happens right now and if it doesn't happen right now i'm not interested because we mm-hmm. we live in an amazon prime kind of dating world it's like we we want when we're single we want to date right now and when we're dating we want sex right now because uh we want to feel fulfilled physically and then all of a sudden we want marriage and then we want kids and then we want the big house like it just keeps going and it's it's why god said you cannot have anything before me yeah. because it will fall it yeah. will fall I think we've got time for a quick thing on dating and then we can we can wrap up. Sweet. Um, uh, around dating, uh, the Bible um, doesn't specifically talk uh, about dating. And so uh, I think sometimes uh, we it, it is hard for us to navigate, like, where do we get our advice and what do we kind of uh, take um, as a conviction for what God says about dating um, based off of what the sure. Bible says about dating. And so... Um, thinking about that, is there kind of a, a good approach or a good perspective uh, to dating? And kind of like, what is that? Like, what is the end goal? What should we be looking for in dating? Um, and, and things around that, like, why should we date? Yeah, I would say we we, we defined it in the message where dating is learning, serving, and practicing devotion. Mm-hmm. And I think that 
you know, you, you could think about practicing devotion when <laughs> in the sense of you're, you're practicing being devoted to another person. And sure, that's part of it. But ultimately, while you're dating, you're practicing being fully devoted to God amidst a very intimate, time-consuming, emotional, you know, taxing relationship, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because when you're, when you're in a dating relationship, what, what's the majority of your communication about? Or, or, or two, rather. Like, it's in the morning, you wake up and you look for the text from the person that you're dating. Like, are they okay? How'd they sleep? How do everything, unless, unless they're in the bed beside you. And then that's a whole other conversation. But like you, you, you are like constantly like looking for, you know, conversation with the person that you're dating. And it's like, this is a perfect opportunity for you to practice being fully devoted to God. Uh, learning, like you're learning about the other person. You're learning what they love. You're learning what they're about. You're learning about their mission in life. If you don't believe in their mission, then you should stop dating them. Mm-hmm. This is, this is the sign. It, it's time. Like, yeah. uh, like this if, if seriously, like if you are not behind, if you're not crazy about what they want to do with their life, then your relationship's going to fail. There's not, but so long that you can sit at social coffee and stare deeply into each other's eyes before <laughs> you realize that your relationship is built upon just staring into each other's eyes. Yeah. Like I love my wife. I yeah. don't want to sit in a coffee shop and just stare deeply into her soul yeah. all day, every day. I want to go do things with her. Yeah. I, I want to build a family with her. I want to work with her. I want to build God's kingdom together mm-hmm. with her. That 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 is the means to, you know, the specific yeah. end that marriage was actually designed to be. Mm-hmm. So it's practicing that. And I think the more that we practice it, the more healthy our marriages will become. Yeah. And I think if we do marriage in the way of Jesus— our version of marriage as Christians or as Jesus followers will be the envy of the world mm-hmm. because it will be the most healthy relationships in the world. The problem is, is people have taken sections of the Bible out of context in the, in the way that they view their relationship and more of, a, of an idea of authority uh, has more to do with the right to say what is right and wrong as opposed to authority is actually about responsibility and you've got to take responsibility for your relationship yeah. and your actions and your attractions and your thoughts uh, and the way that you see the other person. You've got to take responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the only way that it works. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I think that when uh, we get in dating, a lot of times like there's this pressure to like continue to date. It, once you date that person, you're like, dude, I'm locked in. This is it. Like I, breaking up is not an option. Uh, and I think that, um, a lot of times when you begin to, yeah, I mean, as Carson's saying, when you're dating and you're like, I don't know if this person kind of has the same mission that I feel like the Lord is like calling me into, like, how do I break up well? Or like, what does that kind of, mm. uh, look like? And, and the kind of advice that I, um, tell a lot of my people is when you're in dating, uh, or when you are dating someone, if you can leave that person better than you found them, then it is so honoring to the Lord, that they have a better understanding of what it looks like to serve and love a godly guy uh, or a godly girl, uh, that they have a better understanding of uh, and a better foundation for the next relationship that they pursue, uh, then you've done it well. You've done it well. If you, you let each other experience the love of God through a dating relationship and that you, you attempted your very best yeah. to leave that person better than where you found them. Um, I think that it is honoring to the Lord. You guys, uh, you might get in a dating relationship and realize that, um, it, it, that some of the things that, uh, you guys wanted to do in the future don't line up and that's okay. Uh, but if you can still honor, 
um, each other in the midst of that and, and say that I'm, I'm going to pursue, um, pursue unity and, uh, we can agree to disagree. I think it's still beautiful. Yeah, that's good. Well, and I think what you're getting at is like this fear to break up because it feels personal. Yeah. But it's like, if you're not compatible with somebody to be married to them, why is breaking up bad? Yeah. Like we don't have to make it personal, mm-hmm. right? Like we, we really don't. We, it doesn't have to be this us versus you thing. It's, it's probably a, just because people, we don't know how to do it well. We're just not know? on the same page. Yeah. Like we, we don't have the same values. We don't have the same mission in life. We, we, don't, we don't see the world in a way that is compatible in a way that it's going to bear fruit. And I think being willing to say, all right, I've learned what I need to learn from this yeah. relationship and I'm going to leave them better than I found them. I'm not going to slander them. Yeah. I'm not going to make them the enemy. I'm just going to, I'm going to be love on my way out the door. That that's really beautiful. Well, our, our culture doesn't value like clarity. Like we don't really value clarity. So whenever sure. you think about bringing something up that didn't work, you're like, Oh God, please don't tell me the things yeah. that didn't work that I was actually contributing to. Yeah. Please don't tell me that. Uh, when a lot, the language that we talk a lot about in our, uh, in our conversations as a staff, is we believe in clarity, uh, in conversations, we believe that you can have kind clarity that you can be kind while you present truth. Um, but clarity has to be a priority in your relationship with people. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, right before people break up, Mm -hmm. oftentimes one of the last things that they'll try is a break. Yeah. What are y'all's thoughts on breaks in dating? I have an opinion, Um, but I, I want to hear y'all's thoughts. Yeah. I think breaks are really interesting. I think if you guys are thinking about taking a break, then, uh, you probably already know that the answer to the reason why that you're taking a break. So there's probably some tension already (laughs) in the reason why you're taking a break. So, um, man, I, I, I think that if you're like, man, we need to take a break. Really what you're saying is it's a, it's a soft entry into the end of your relationship. Now <laughs> I, I think that, uh. I think that, um, the, one of the things that you did present us with though, is like pray about it, like spend a couple of yeah. weeks, like praying and really processing with other people. If that is your posture and your position and break, then go for it, you know? But if you're like thinking like, do we're three months in, I think we need to take a break. Uh, it's, you know, it's probably just a entryway to, a um, to a way out. It's, it's a, it's a little soft blow, you know, it's like a, it's like a little, uh, shot to the chin right before the knockout. So, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I think, I think in all seriousness, um, spending a little less time together is very different than taking a break. Um, like if you're like, that's good clarification. We need that's to like, we need to like take some time to like oh think about gosh. things. I don't think like, not like a week, like a month long is like, Hey, oh. let's actually like talk about what's going on here. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think like if you're needing a little bit more time, um, cause when you're dating you're going from being by yourself and living your life by yourself with like not, mm. and it can be a lot, especially if you're like not a people person yeah. to be like, okay, like this is like, it, it happens fast of like, okay, this is someone that you're going to be spending every day with. Yeah. Um, get ready. Um, so I think, I think spending time like, like in prayer or processing um, is definitely different than taking a break. Um, That's good. But the reality is in dating, you're either going to get married or you're not. And in your marriage, you can't just take a break. That's not something that you can do in your marriage. You don't just get yeah. to decide to do that. Um, so if you're having to do that in your relationship, it's probably a warning sign of, hey, maybe this just ain't, ain't it. Sure. So, yeah. Jenna, 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am interested to see what Carson has to say, but uh, I think if you are holding somebody um, on a leash to figure out if you have feelings or not for them, uh, then you probably need to to pull the trigger and just yeah, end that I relationship. <laughs> but I, I think also what AC was saying is like, if, if you need a little time to realize like what you're actually feeling, um, if there's like a stirring in your spirit, uh, if there's fear about a relationship, if you are unsettled about the fact that you're dating somebody and you need to take a little time do that um i think saying oh we're gonna go on a break and then we're gonna work it all out and then we're gonna come back and it's gonna be good you're you might be forcing something that yeah. the lord is not intending yeah. for you to to do that's good uh, i actually uh me and korean have take have taken a break uh before and i'll be honest a lot of it just came from my own personal insecurity and fear of the future and so um i think that for me when i think about my posture in the break i was like man we really need to spend some time and think about this thing before we go on to the next season of our life but actually i was just terrified about scared. what yes i was terrified about what the next season could look like i'm like yo this is the person that i'm probably going to marry that makes me a little nauseous because I'm terrified of what that could look like. Uh, and so uh, I think you need to spend some time like evaluating is the reason why you want to take a break because of your own insecurity about the future? Uh, or is it really just an entryway because you feel like, man, I don't know how to be kind and clear in this moment because I actually don't want to date this person. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Go ahead, Carson. I, I do think that there is a big difference between taking a break and taking some some time to expand your perspective mm -hmm. and really seek what God has for you. And I 100% I think that that is worthy of your time to say, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to retreat for a few days. I'm going to go away and I'm going to pray and I'm going to seek what God has for us. Mm -hmm. I think that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, the thing that I'm really weary of when I when I hear people say, yeah, we're on break right now. As if it's like a scheduled thing that there's going right, to be multiple things throughout the year where it's like, we, we got to take a break again. We got to take <laughs> a break again. Well, if let's just say if you need more than one break, yeah, it's, it's probably time to break up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, because in marriage, like you said, Anna Claire, there, there, there are no breaks. Like when, when I go home at the end of the day and I'm tired and I'm irritated and I'm insecure and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I take it out on Maddie. We don't just get to go somewhere else and deal with it. We, we need to take a break. We, 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 we work through it together. <laughs> you know, like, All right, and, Maddie, head to the guest room. Yeah. <laughs> we, and that's one thing, like we, we can talk about marriage, maybe in the part two of this podcast that we will need. Uh, that's one thing Maddie and I like have been so, so intentional about since the, when we got married, we do not sleep in separate rooms. Mm -hmm. I do not sleep on the couch. Mm -hmm. uh, I, we, we, we stay in it with each other yeah. until we resolve it. And then we go to sleep mm -hmm. in the same bed because mm -hmm. we are committed to each other. No exceptions. I don't care how big the disagreement is. We don't take a break from each other in yeah. that sense. Um, but do we spend personal one-on-one -on -one time with the Lord uh, intimately? Yes, we do. And I think that that's critically important. But yeah. the thing I have heard, like, you know, people talk about when they're dating is like, we, I feel like we, I feel like we need a counselor to kind of like work through some of the things that we're like disagreeing on. It's like, well, if you need a counselor and you're dating, then you're probably not, you know, close enough to the same page to, to get married. Uh, and I, I love you enough to just be honest with mm -hmm. you about that. Like it, and the thing that I would consider is why, like, where does that come from? What's going on in your heart, in your heart? What are you holding on to? What are you being governed by? What are you dominated by? What are you bound to? 
there's six good questions I would just wrestle with. Uh, like I, I really would consider those things first because you've got to stop projecting your problems onto them. Yeah. And that's oftentimes what happens in those situations. Yeah. yeah. And in moments that I've been in places like that where I was like, man, maybe we should like seek for some help. Uh, a lot of it was just my own personal like wrestling. And yeah. it actually, most of it didn't have anything to do with Kirby Ann. It was more like, sure. Holy crap. This is getting real. And this is, and that's going. a perfectly normal emotion that yeah. you do need help with, with mm -hmm. your mentor, with people yes. that are, investing in you yeah but do you need marriage counseling six months into your dating relationship no I, no like you, why it's you, called marriage counseling. yeah mm -hmm. yeah but i and and jake you're walking through this right now with premarital i highly recommend if you're going to get married go through premarital yeah. counseling maddie and i did it jen kirby and are doing it and it's super challenging uh in the best way yeah it's incredible it makes you talk about things that you did not know that you needed to talk about mm -hmm. that will set your marriage up for success yeah it also allows you to hear someone's perspective in, on something like i i heard kirby Ann say something where i was like i don't know if we actually agree with this specific thing and i heard her like uh, articulate it the other night uh and i was like oh like mm. we are on the same page which gave <laughs> like gave us like safety yeah. to where if we have this disagreement again i can say hey i know we're on the same page so if you're frustrated that's a that's okay like you can you can be frustrated but a lot of times in those places i would be scared of her frustration because i thought we were on different pages but she was frustrated because i probably said something dumb you know <laughs> So it's like, it's like, okay, well, I can acknowledge that you're frustrated and we can come back to it once the emotion begins to settle down and we can, we can resolve the yeah. problem as we like go along, you know? So anyways, sounds like part two is needed. Uh, and so we'll finish up this part conversation. Part two, maybe part three. Yeah. It sounds like it's going to be a long conversation. So uh, we'll continue. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Love y'all.